like us on facebook.com forward slash mum's millionaire. Love you. <laughs> Love you too, mummy. Hey, beautiful, it's Vina V, and welcome to the 33rd episode of the Mum to Millionaire podcast, helping you build your brand, grow your business, and create an incredible life for your children. Today, we are talking about managing multiple businesses with multiple children. Today on the show, we have got a mum of many children. She owns a high-end accessory label. She's released a board game. She's published books. She's a mentor, and she's been in business for 50. Dean years. Please welcome to the show, Atiti. <laughs> Yay! I always feel like we need some like loads of people clapping, like woo, woo, woo. <laughs> How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks thank for inviting me. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I cannot wait to give everyone your tips on managing multiple businesses with multiple children um, because you have a, a lot of children and you have a lot of businesses. You've done a lot of stuff uh, in the past. I want to go back to when you first started out in business because you had a kind of unfortunate event at work. Um, mm. One of the other guests, actually, on the Mum to Millionaire podcast, uh, episode 23, called Serpina, she was bullied at work. And a similar thing happened to you as well, didn't it? Yes, it did. Um, you see, I think, it's, I think it's really about how you look at things. At the time when you're going through an experience, it can be really horrific. You probably feel alone quite a lot. You probably feel that you know well you feel all sorts of things because you question how you could let this happen to you you're supposed to be an adult and you're supposed to be able to deal with situations and you find yourself in a place where you're too embarrassed to even talk about it um and so you sort of you're in denial you hide you're ashamed and as adults as you probably can imagine we do often feel embarrassed and ashamed when things are happening to us that we don't feel we have any control over because yeah. we feel it makes us look incompetent and incapable of being adults yeah. you know so um, I did find uh, myself in, 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 that, in, a, in, a, in an unfortunate place however um, part of my upbringing was always to A, look for the good in every situation, look for the learning and try to see a way through it. And I knew that I was passing through something, that that wasn't my destination. So I was determined to be um, in control as much as possible of what shaping my future looked like. And so um, I did, I did, I mean, I did something of a skills audit to see, look, what skills do you have anyway and what can you use and what do you enjoy and what is one of the things that will make you get up every morning. And out of that, I, I shaped um, a personal development uh, career for myself. Um, and, and that was where I went out of that experience. I also chose not to keep my hair. Um, and I mean, it depends on what day you find me. I may have this on and I may not. I, I, I have all sorts of colors of hair. It depends on my mood and how I feel um, or what I'm wearing or what I'm doing. Um, Atiti's got some beautiful blonde hair today, in case yeah, you're thinking, blonde. what are they talking about? <laughs> I have the privilege of seeing her because we're doing a lovely Skype call. I can see her beautiful face. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so um, I, I just found that um, personal development was definitely the starting point because for myself um, 
I had to do that. Yeah. I had to look inwards. I had to evaluate what I felt I had to offer. I had to recognize what I didn't have um, in terms of skills and abilities and all the rest of it. Um, and I came to a place where I felt, well, with what I had, I could shape something that was exciting. Um, so I made some very clear decisions about how I did want to live. Mm -hmm. First of all, I felt that I would always take time for myself no matter what. Yeah. Um, and that's really easier said than done. As you can uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I can't imagine because I have one child and I struggle and then you have lots of children. So I really don't know how you do it. But we are going to talk about that more in a second. I just want to um, pick up on that point because I think it's so amazing how you handled that situation, how it's kind of shaped your career. You got into business. Um, but what you just said was really profound and I really want people to hear that again because you said you're passing through that situation you knew that wasn't your destination and I think we all need to remember that in kind of bad challenging negative experiences that hold on this isn't the end so I'm really glad you said that and you kind of knew you knew in that situation like hold on this actually isn't what my life is supposed to be about no I did know I just knew look <laughs> um I I was born here like probably lots of us, um, but I did I did get the chance to go back to live in Nigeria for a while, and I went to school there. And um, there is a resilience in in people I see there that we don't see here. And the reason is very simple: the circumstances that you're exposed to growing up there, even if you are from um, you know an upper middle class background you see a clear, distinct difference between what, what, what people go through when they struggle for things and what we go through here when we struggle for things. Because yeah. any way you look at it here, you switch on your, you know, you, put, you go to a light switch and there's electricity. You go to a tap and there's water. Yeah. And yeah. that's a given. We take it for granted. You know, I've seen, I grew up seeing people who, you know, had to, to, to study with candles and torches and, hurricane lanterns and a lot of people won't know what those are you know the kind of things you use when you're camping the camping lights um you study with that to go and do an exam that you are determined to to, to pass so really whilst i was in an unfortunate situation i've seen worse you yeah. know and i got through it and i saw other people go through worse and get through it so how the heck was i going to allow myself the only person i would have done the injustice is me Exactly. And very, very quickly, I, th I think it became really, really important for me to recognize that I can spend my life blaming a situation and blaming the person who was an instrument of use, or I can take, you know, control of that situation, sit in the driving seat. I always like um, referencing um, Reese Weatherspoon in um, Legally Blonde. Oh, I love that film. <laughs> where, you know, when they were looking at... Um, the dogs, uh, the dogs. Well, I've forgotten what its name. The, the, the dog's name was now. Um, where they were, you know, appealing the decision about how dogs can and cannot, you know, um, be defined or something. Can't remember the exact context, but I remember what she said when she said that um, she was referencing somebody that she saw having her hair done in the salon, and she said, um, "You can choose to either be a passive recipient of." you know, your life, yeah. or an active participant. When we're talking about our lives, 
If we aren't active participants in our own lives, then we're leaving our destiny and our future and what that looks like to everybody but ourselves. Oh, and I so love think, this. You know, when things go pear-shaped, then really, who do you blame? You blame yourself. Mm. And I refuse to live my life like that. I choose to do otherwise because I can. For as long as we can make a choice, we can choose differently. You know? oh, I love this so much, Aditi. And I'm, again, I'm so glad you've brought this up because every, I don't know if you do this, but every night, if, if anything's happened to me in the day, mm. I just go to bed thinking, oh my God, thank you so much. I have a roof over my head. My son is healthy. I have electricity. I have water. And it just makes you realize we are so actually lucky. No matter what has happened throughout mm. our life, we are so happy and um, we are so lucky to be in this country so I you know I hope everyone as well if you are look at the end of the day it's difficult it is a challenging situation being mums running businesses but just look around at all the positive things and everything you can be grateful for as well so thank you so much for bringing that up as well um so let's get into this Atiti how do you do it how do you manage multiple businesses with multiple children what are your kind of tips do you have any little um kind of stuff in the routine you do how do you go about doing that I'm going to I'm going to straddle something that you said a few minutes ago which is um being thankful um Every morning, when I open my eyes and I'm still here, the first thing I am is thankful. Yeah. I have another day with my children, with people I love, with friends, you know, with family. Another day, another opportunity to do something good. Yeah. Now, um, I, my, my, my parents weren't particularly religious. Um, and although I was brought up as a Christian in a Christian family, um, we didn't really, I mean, we went to Sunday school a couple of times and all the rest of it, but we, we weren't a church going family. Mm. Um, I can say I was Christ conscious period because I was in a Christian family. However, um, when I think about it now, when I was in my teens and, um, going into uni, um, I chose to become a Christian, um, what people call a born-again Christian. I call a faith walker. And um, although my life was really exciting in terms of the fact that you grow up as a young lady, you discover boys, boys discover you, you know, and it gets all exciting and you discover parties yeah. and all the things that you do in your youth kind of thing and you let your hair down and all the rest of it. So, you know, you veer off from your staunch sort of like mm -hmm. faith guided path and discover mm -hmm. life. But the beauty of that is that you bring back into your faith a wealth of experience mm -hmm. that when people are talking about some of the challenges they face, you can be very, very broad minded in how you give them some feedback or guidance or share your thoughts. And the reason is because you've had some of those experiences and you've been fortunate and privileged to come through them. So my starting point every morning is to be thankful. The second thing is to make my children understand how extremely privileged and blessed they are to be in a country where at night they go to bed and they are not hearing bombs and, you know, war cries and all the rest of it. 
and they wake up every morning and there's a roof over their head and it hasn't been blown away and they can walk up and see their parents you know they can see me they can see you know we're here you can pick up the phone and speak to your um you know cousins and all the rest of it um and the beauty of of that is that you don't take anything for granted so in saying that in driving them to school what's really important for me is the opportunity to talk to them about school yeah. i hated school mm -hmm. i used to pray that um you know, my, my the school the the school will ring and my, tell my parents that the school's burnt down at night. I'm going to go there again. I hated <laughs> it. I really, really, really hated it. I didn't understand what I was doing there. I didn't want to go there. I just hated it. Mm. Um, and so, and I've shared all those stories with them. So for me to end up working in education and be a, an, a you know a lecturer in university, so ironic. <laughs> it's just ironic. I don't know how that happened, but you know, somebody with a funny sense of humour. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so I spend time talking to them, but also there's something in particular that I talk to them about that I don't think that um, I can afford to sacrifice, and that's the fact that when they go to school, they encounter everybody, friends teachers, non-teaching staff, the teachers in particular are people who've chosen that profession. They're like me. So I want my children to go to school knowing they are loved at home, mm -hmm. but to respect and appreciate the people who are teaching them. Yeah. Because it's a privilege to have that. So every morning we're talking about school. And the reason why that's so important is because when things, in anticipation, we pray for school, for teachers, you know, we pray about the fact that the teachers are going to, some of them are going to make mistakes. Some of them are going to be inconsistent in what they say. We forgive them in advance. They're human. Yeah. So I prepare their minds for life every day I can until such a time they can go on their own and they don't need me anymore. But they're all ready, sound in mind in terms of what to expect. So they don't go to school expecting the teachers to love them, to hug them. We pray for kindness and consideration. Yeah. We pray for care and compassion. But we recognize that the teachers have families of their own who love them very much, who want to see them come home safely, who don't want to see them come home crying and sobbing because a child was rude to them or whatever. And then we pray for their friends that they said goodbye to and thankful that hopefully they'll see them the same, you know, the same way, yeah. safe and well. And that's what I do in my school run. And I want to be the first point of contact that my kids get to speak to when they when I pick them up. My kids are in secondary school, so I'm not babying them. They can come home by the bus. Yeah. They're very yeah. capable of that. But this is a privileged opportunity, and it's a short-term sacrifice. So if I think about it in financial terms, if I charge £100 an hour, mm -hmm. and my school run is an hour and a half either way, that's three hours of the day. That's £300, effectively, that I will yeah. never have back. But it's invaluable in terms of what goes into my children. Exactly. Do you know what, what everything you've just said then is so beautiful because I think a lot of people it's always you know when we think of the school run a lot of people are like oh my god the school everyone's rushing and dashing around so I think that's so beautiful what you've just said and even kind of one of the points here in kind of managing your children your I, I really, this is what I really love about you, Atiti, is that you do not compromise that school run. Um, 
And because we were supposed to record this podcast in London on a Friday and you were like, oh, no, you know, I've got the school run. And I just thought when you emailed that to me, I thought, how brilliant, like you are not compromising. That is your thing to do with the children. And I just really think that's great. Like you stand by your morals and... Do, do you know what I mean? I really hope other people can hear this and think, do you know what? You haven't sacrificed that bit of being a mother. Like, you were still there doing the school runs, which I think's fantastic. And, you know, one of the benefits, again, of starting and running a business. Yeah. Um, I started the business in my um, bedroom in July of 2000. And um, eventually the business grew to... Um, so I, I moved it out of the house and into um, a shop front on Holloway Road. And it was really a beautiful place. Um, and and whilst I was doing that, I was going through personal changes in life and all sorts of changing circumstances, which meant that I had the space in the office to, um, you know, really knuckle down and get the business going. Um, and I didn't actually do the school run then. Because the way our lives were sort of like divided, my um, ex-husband did the school run. Yeah. I didn't. Um, but I, I, I stumbled across, I was busy building business and building the family and spending time with them when they came to, after school, they'd come to the office and sit down and do homework and I'd have a tutor who would come so I could watch them and talk to them and all the rest of it. But I discovered things that I felt were, needed me to get involved in. Um, And so without criticizing or condemning what had been done, I knew I needed to be more active. Um, And part of the reason why I actually initially didn't like the school run was because I'm just not one of those moms who has time to hang around and talk. I'm sorry. I'm not saying I'm not friendly, but everything about me is purpose-driven. Yeah, exactly. And so I don't like idle chit-chat, you know. Um, And and, and also because time is so precious. Um, I want to be doing something. I really want to be doing something that I am happy with. And sitting and talking about, you know, what colour the sky is or, you know, it's not my thing, man. So the truth is I'm really bad at small talk. Do you know what, though? That, that's another great point you bring up because they're, not all mums are like this, OK? I don't want to gen- look. at the, We are all mums here. Um, yeah. But there are some mums, even at my school, that like I. there's a group of people that will just they're loiter around and there's nothing wrong with that if, you know, they, they've just had a baby and, you know, all this kind of stuff. That If that's what makes them happy, that's fine. What I get annoyed about is when people start uh, bitching or saying ridiculous things. So I'm like you. I literally go to school... And like run away as quick as I can and I go to the gym because I think I can't I don't want any negativity or any just you know I just don't want people to talk about other people around me you can if you want to if that makes you happy go and do it but I don't want to be there so I totally understand what you mean about like you know (laughs) just running away I just I used to make a bolt for it so yeah so the few times and it was really really funny because there was a clear distinction between when I was doing the school run and when somebody else was doing it you know um, but that's okay. We're all different. And, you know, people socialize in different ways. Um, and, and it's like um, when I talk about networking, um, 
I don't like what is called networking. You know, these places you go to and you stand around and you sort of have a glass and you laugh and you swear. And then, you know, um, somebody gives you a card and they discuss something with you and they move on. You know something? I like meaningful engagement. So I have a network called Tea with the TT. I initially, when I started it in 2013, I was um, 2012 into 2013, I had it every uh, month. And it was the last Monday of every month and it was fabulous. Um, and then I uh, analyzed, you know, the, the people I'd invited to sit naked on the couch, which is my way of saying, come sit down, bear it all. Don't want politically correct. Just tell us as it is. Give us the nuggets we need so that we, the go-to people, can take something away from you um, whilst we've had a fabulous cup of tea or coffee and incredibly sinfully divine cakes in a Ooh, fabulous... Yummy, you're selling this to me. So that's my way. And the reason is because I think that meaningful conversation takes time. And in our fast-paced lives, it's almost like we don't have time to take time. Mm. So we don't even stop and smell the roses. Yeah. I mean, it's as I, I, I sometimes refuse to drive. I want to walk and smell the flowers. And, and that's why I like running. I love running. And I love running outside because when I run outside, I discover so many things that when you're driving up and down, you know, you don't see. It's meaningful time for me because it's reflection time. It's rejuvenation because I'm just getting the air in my lungs and it's refreshing to exercise. So that I will do. And I think what's come out of my experience as working where I did was that I recognized that as an individual, we need different things. So we need to take time to spend time, to invest time in ourselves. That's the only way we can give our best. If we're creative people, we need to be able to take time so that we can be affected, you know, by all the beautiful things around us, you know, and what, you know, we touch, we smell, we see, Um, I see things when I'm driving and I make it a point to say, great, I'm going to stop there and I'm going to walk. So Muswell Hill, for instance, you know, I love um, driving past and seeing things. And then I make it a point, maybe like every other, I don't know, like every other month, if I'm driving past there to stop, park the car, pay for parking, come out, go into the shops, see what's different, see what's new you know, um, and sit down and have a drink and look at what's going on around and see how the, you know, the whole atmosphere has changed around me. Otherwise, how do you know what's going on around you? You then live in a bubble, you know, and if you live in a bubble, how can you give? When people come to you and say, I'm challenged by this or that, you don't know what they're talking about because you're in la-la land. And in all this fast-paced, I'm a banker, I'm a this, I'm a that, card here, go, you never get the chance to stop and ask them, you know, real questions, things that you will remember and that they will remember. So sitting down, having tea, eating cakes, spoiling yourself is fabulous because you re- you have real conversation and nobody's in a hurry. You have chosen to be there. Do you want, this is so refreshing and I just love it that you've mentioned that, you know, for all of us mums, business people in general, take time. A lot of, that's the whole reason as well I started Mum to Millionaires because I wanted to give realistic advice. A lot of the, you know, there's so many great business sites out there, but a lot of the advice is work 24 hours a day, you know, do X, Y, and Z. So 
that's why I think this is so important. What you've just said is so valuable because people don't, and it sounds like such a simple thing, doesn't it? But people don't remember to take that time out. I actually think I'm more creative when I've, you know, done, gone to the gym or done something with my son. I'll come home and I'll think of an idea. I'll be like, oh my God, I just thought about that. Even though I wasn't directly working on my business, I was taking time for myself and spending quality time with my child. So there's really good point. You were, you were happy and you're yeah. happy endorphins, you know. Yeah. So that, that, that meant then that as a result, when you're happy and you're relaxed and you're, you know, zen, you, you, something happens to you, yeah. you know, your fertile ground. And, and so, um, you know, you, you said something really um, important about advisors. When I started business, um, I went to Bread Business Ventures and they're sort of like one of those business links places. Hmm. Okay. And I um, walked in and walked around and looked at the leaflets and everything. And then I, I was waiting for an advisor and I listened to one of the advisors and I said to myself, this person cannot help me. Mm. So when I went to the person and I said, I'm trying to start up a business doing um, a consultancy and training and personal development. What information do you have? And I think this is something the government needs to pay attention to. And they said, Oh, um, well, if you sit down and we take your details um, and then we go through the process, I said, no, I don't think you're hearing me. I do not want to sit down. I do not want to give you my details. All I would like is for you to point me in the direction mm. of where the information is that I need. I am capable of reading. I would like to read it myself yeah. and decide from that what information I need. And then I would like you to give me that information, at which point if you need my name for your data whatever to say somebody um for your stats to say you gave you know this person and i may choose to be anonymous you know this information at that point i may choose to give you my details or not as the case may be but what i will not do is i will not sit with you and the reason is very simple you are incapable of giving me what i need why because this is a job to you you have no experience whatsoever in business you're reading off a script and off a textbook you cannot tell me how to manage dealing with business rates, okay, or uh, dealing with, you know, when you, when you have premises and you have issues with your landlord. You have no clue how to tell me to manage those things. You've never been in business. You don't know what being in business is about. Yeah. And I think that, that, that all too often... I would have cried if I was him. <laughs> But I wasn't nasty. I was okay, incredibly kind. Yeah. And actually, um, that's how I am. Because yeah. the truth is that he was frustrated in his job. Mm. He didn't understand why he wasn't giving people what they needed. He was just doing a job. But he didn't understand that he wasn't equipped to do the job. Mm. And this is why I think that when we are setting up those kind of agencies, that we have to look at. We have a wealth of people who we want to shelve because you know in this country we love ageism so much we want to shelve them because they're sort of almost past it we should bring those people to those agencies and pay them to deliver a service that is based on sound experience they are seasoned they know stuff they're invaluable you know so yeah that's, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, moving on to kind of managing multiple businesses. How do you do this? Because a lot of people um, that might be listening might just have kind of 
one business they're doing, but maybe they've got an idea for something else. How do you manage your time across the week? Do you maybe spend um, what like a Monday working on your uh, fashion handbags and then the next day working on your books? How do you split your time up? You've been you've been you've been looking in my diary, haven't you? <laughs> I've actually been in your house. That's <laughs> Okay, Iato, which is my high-end accessories label, was born in 2012, as was Tea with the TT and the Big Secret Company. So everything I'm doing at the moment is very, very new. Um, but I have obviously had extensive experience in business, business mentoring, um, training, lecturing at in higher education for five years decided to do a master's an ma while i was doing that um and focused on gaming um and using gaming to teach because i really believe it's you know oh, the wow future. yep um but all the stuff i'm doing now um has all, sort of like fallen into place in the last few years and so what i started off doing because i was studying was i apportioned one area to each day of the week okay so mondays was for tea with the tt tuesdays was my uni day wednesday was the day for mentoring thursdays was the big secret company day and friday was iata okay uh, and then when i got through my ma um i had a tuesday spare so i decided to reorganize now um wednesdays is my me day Oh, I love it. Yes, your me time. Wednesdays is my me day. And in terms of, so you've got obviously different days when you're doing your different businesses. Yes. What Do you just kind of rearrange your week if, I don't know, something pops up? How do you kind of actually, ma- obviously you've got children as well. So how does that all fit into it? Is it just kind of a week on week basis, just seeing where your meetings are and just really trying to not stray too far away from the actual set days you've got? Um. I try not to, but obviously, as you can imagine, it isn't always possible. So I have to be flexible and accommodate the changes. But they're not that, it's not that difficult, to be honest with you. It's not that difficult because if somebody wants to book a meeting, I'll book it on the days that I have set aside for that area of work I want to work in. And in terms of how far I have to go, um, I'm very clear about the times I'm available to meet. Um, And you know yeah so it works it works so it's really your your kind of tip there is just to be really kind of true to yourself and your own schedule don't try and get pulled in different directions just stick to what you can and I think the thing is that um when I had when I had sort of like that period where I was inundated across the week I can handle that that's me and I like keeping busy it keeps me out of trouble um, I have loads of energy, as you can probably imagine. I love to play. <laughs> My children know that. Um, I love to play. Um, so keeping me busy means I'm in, I, I like to be productive as well. Yeah. I like to look. I mean, for many years... I would set my clock to my, my alarm on my phone or my... Yeah, to about um, 11 o'clock. Mm. And the reason was very simple. At 11 o'clock... I knew that I was very far gone in the day and I needed to ask myself what I had done between the morning and 11. And if I couldn't justify how I used my time, I knew I had to up the stakes before it was time to do the school run and then 
you know, wind down to the evening. So I am therefore probably incredibly self-critical. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's because I want to do and be my best. So I don't knock myself into oblivion and then, you know, no, I don't do that. I'm kind to myself, which means, Titi, you've played, man. You need to sit down. <laughs> yes, that's how I am. Um, and Would because... You... Sorry. Sorry. All, all these tips have just been... I love it how we've really gone in depth with everything here. And I think it's so important, obviously, be thankful, be grateful, teach your kids, all of that as well. Your me time, take time for yourself. Um, do you have any more... Um, tips what you just said because I think sometimes in our lives we don't realize what we're doing is different to other people does that make sense so even just then what you Mm. said about setting the alarm at 11 o'clock I think that's such a great thing to do because you can literally look hold on from like seven o'clock in the morning obviously the school run you've done but since you've come home what have you done what if, just take that five minutes to look back and see, hold, have you just been sat on Facebook? Have you taken two hours to try an email? So have you got any kind of things like that you do in your life to manage the, your businesses, to manage your children in terms of like little things like that you work into your day? Um, well, because I, I know their routines. Yeah. Um, so everybody needs to tell me what they're doing. Um, so that I have, a, you know, a global picture of what's going on. Um, everybody does housework in my house. All my children do housework. Wow. Um, and it's really simple. Bar the youngest two, well, they're, young, they're the youngest, but everybody knows how to cook, you know, and everybody does cook. Um, so I get lots of cups of tea when I'm working, yeah. when they're around. Um, and, um, you know... On, they each have a day that they're responsible for the kitchen, each of them. Um, they're sweeping and hoovering and dusting and taking, making sure their beds are made and their rooms are tidy, you know. So um, I think I do that kind of thing, partly because obviously it's teaching them life skills, yeah. but also because I don't want them to be a liability to whoever they end up spending the rest of their lives with. And even spend the rest of their lives on their own. I don't want them to be a liability yeah. to themselves. So I need them to understand how to self-manage, but also how to recognize how to use their time. Because if you have housework to do, you've got to, you know, um, you've, each of them has the day for the kitchen. And I told them, I want to be able to drop you at school and come home and be able to go into the kitchen and make myself breakfast and make myself a cup of tea. So I'm not washing plates for all of you. I'm not picking up after you. You have to do it. If I have to come back from work and go into the kitchen and, and, and I can't, you know, sit and make myself a cup of tea, I'm going to be grumpy when I come and pick you up. And you don't want to, you don't want to see that. <laughs> yeah. No, they don't. So brilliant. So each of them understands that I'm as important as they are. Yeah. You know, they're important to me, but I have to be important to them. And it's, you know, so we, we all are important to each other. It's so great, these just little things, though, that you can build in. Like, my son constantly, every time we come home from school, he just puts his coat on the floor. And I'm like, there is the door there, hang it up. And then we watched, um, you know, the Karate Kid? <laughs> we, yes, yes, we, yes. We watched that on a Sunday. And the, the man, I can't remember his name now, um, makes, the, yeah, <laughs> makes the child pick up the coat from the floor and put it on the door. And I just said to him, it was today this happened, I went, shall we do what the Karate Kid does? And he's like, oh, no, 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 mummy. So now he's put it straight away. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's great that these kind of little tips, I think, really make such a 
big difference though as a whole when you're implementing all these little things like getting your children involved in things like you just said get them to cook and I think that's great what you're doing yeah and also if they've got skills that they've picked up at school so secondary school they all do um, textiles um, well mine do textiles they've done textiles so they know how to thread a needle they know how to sew in a straight line you know I've there are two my my daughter um, is doing photography Japanese and media she's really passionate about photography when I've gone on photo shoots with um, my label I've taken her along I show they know what I do I share with them and if there's something that isn't working I just call a family meeting sit down everybody we're going to talk about this and we all talk about it and we're all brutally honest about what isn't working and what needs to change and then we leave with a consensus of what's going to happen going forward. Yeah. It's really all about working together at the end of the it day. It is. It's very much talking about things, being open, working together, you know, um, being supportive of each other as much as possible, yeah. The, you know, this has been so great. Thank you so much for coming on the Thanks. show. Before you go there, what would you say is your baby step? So if a, a, a lady or a guy has listened to this whole podcast and they're, they've got multiple businesses, multiple children, they still might be finding things a little bit challenging. What would you say, what is that first step they need to take to really, it's really all about organization, isn't it? What it's would you say? Organization and structure. Yeah. So um, I guess the one area we, we should really talk about is this, because in running multiple businesses, it, you have to really understand what you're doing. Um, and whilst the businesses I run are very different, I'm the common thread, aren't I? So I have a clear vision for both of them. And um, I like documentation. So I've made it very clear, for instance, for the, the label, I have what I call the brand Bible. And that document, which I've pulled together, contains everything I would like to see happen with that label. Yeah. And equally with the, the board game, the book, which it's premised on, and the whole area of decision-making. When I did my MA, it was um, using gaming to teach decision-making in HE. Um, I recognized that there was an area that you know wasn't covered, and that's really decision-making skills development in HE. But then where is it covered? And so I sort of backtracked and realized, well, we don't really teach it. So I documented what I see in terms of how that business can help to develop decision-making skills from the outset. And then I looked at what my role would be in both the businesses, and I looked at the kind of people I would like to work with and the kind of team I need to pull together. Currently, um, the logistics of the um, manufacturing means I have people who are doing different stages of the manufacturing. And also, in terms of the development of the board game, I'm very clear about how it will have longevity. So the person who's conceiving the businesses um, needs to know very clearly at every step where things are and what the next next step needs to look like, who they need to be speaking to, where they will access these people. And then you need to structure your, your businesses such that you're able to do that. Otherwise, what will happen is that you'll spend a lot of time having businesses at ground zero and they will never really take off yeah. and become businesses that are growing and able to bring in a revenue. And it's some, it's some, you know, sometimes it takes time preparing the documentation, the preparatory work, but if you do it properly, you know, then it means that you're, it's like you build a fat, you, you want to build a skyscraper. So you spend a lot of time setting the foundation yeah. in place. But once you've done that, then building can happen quickly, mm -hmm. very quickly, almost like magic. It's, 
Oh, that was <laughs> and it's up. And that's because you have done everything in terms of preparation yeah. to ensure that the building will stand. So in terms of business, it's the same thing. Structured, mm. organized plan and envision and envisage what you want to see happen. But also get help. If you yeah. are struggling, get help. And don't be afraid to take your eye off one and say, well, this is going fine. I'm just going to leave that on hold. I'm going to intensify my work here because this needs a bit more time and energy. That doesn't make you a bad person because you've sort of changed your schedule. It means that you're flexible. Um, and I'm very much into lean enterprise, which means don't invest in overheads that you don't need to have. Mm -hmm. So because one of the key things is people feel, oh, I don't have any money to start up a business. But do you need money to start up a business mm -hmm. or do you need paying customers who have demonstrated that by continuing to pay, they see a value in what you're doing so they will pay for it. But they also, by paying, satisfy the growth uh, proposition to ensure that your business is going to grow. So, yeah, you know, yeah. you, have to, you have to really be very clear. If you think it's a good idea, doesn't mean it's a good business. Mm. Do you know, we'll need to get you back on the show, Atiti, and talk about all of this kind of, because you're right, so many people out there are like, oh, I want to start a business, but they've got no money. Well, no, no, you can still do it. So we will have to get you back, I think, again and talk about that in depth. But thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can we find exactly. you? Where can we find you? I'm on Twitter at Atiti underscore dist diff. Yeah. Um, the label is on Twitter at Iata London. And the board game is on Twitter at shush, which is S Triple H or Tell It. Lovely. Yeah. Well, we can all go and check you out. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It has truly been great. And I really mean that. Your advice has just been so invaluable. So thank you so much. And if you've missed anything, don't worry. I'm going to put all of Atiti's links over on the Mum to Millionaire website. We're going to have a lovely recap as well of everything um, Atiti has just talked about as well. So you can really get into this mindset of managing your children, managing your life uh, and making everything great for yourself and your business as well. So go to mumtomillionaire.com forward slash episode 33 and remember take action today not tomorrow be confident be brave be you thank you so much for listening to the mum to millionaire podcast thank you like us on facebook.com forward slash month millionaire love you <laughs> love you too mommy